Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and unchain your keys. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts key and unchained key and key back cover, but not Union Cross yet. I'm Sam. I'm Drew. Did you feel good about that? Did uh, that make you excited? I think I just heard static for a little bit, and then, <laughs> and then, you, and then, and then you said I'm Sam. <laughs> we have watched... Uh, I'll, I'll probably I'll probably put the the link in the description for as long as we're uh, doing this. But we watched the beginning of Demo Two Seven Nines Kingdom Hearts Key Unchained Key etc. Fan dub, including back cover. I'll explain what all that means in a moment. What What did you think generally? I mean, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. Um, but generally i don't there's not a lot to grab onto character wise mm. and i don't like the only character that really has any characterization <laughs> i i can totally understand that i i don't remember where i was at at this point when i watched it i watched it before the fan dub existed so i i had no voice acting except for in the oh god i'll explain it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember it took a while for me to be like, okay, I actually like this. So maybe maybe it'll take some time, or maybe you won't like it. But one thing that cannot be denied is that Sora's not in it. Sora's not in it. Nobody we know is in it, pretty much. I'm trying to think. Is there a single character that we've seen that we know? I don't think so. I mean, I feel like one of these people is going to turn out to be somebody we know maybe at some point, but I look forward to hearing your thoughts on that in more detail, but they have masks and stuff. So yes. Yeah. Um, should I, should I give my quick primer on what the fuck all of this is? Sure. Oh, I did forget. We did see two characters. We know we saw grandma Kyrie and Kyrie. Yes. That was in an intro that, uh, I, I'm not sure how much I like that it exists at all because <laughs> Yeah, Kyrie. Kyrie's not here. Kyrie's not going to be here. I don't quite know why they thought that we needed to see Kyrie. But anyway, uh, here is what we are watching and what it is at all. So in 2013, Kingdom Hearts Key, which is the Greek letter Kai, a most ancient letter, uh, was released. It was a Japanese-only browser game. In 2015, so after two years of uh, development, they brought it over to iOS and Android as Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key. Unchained as in no longer locked to Japanese browsers. It's now worldwide. 2016 it comes out worldwide. There's an official English translation. Hooray. Huzzah. So that that is what that is what the difference is between key and unchained key. Unchained just means it's the phone version. In 2017, we're now four years into the life cycle of this game, they ended Unchained Key. They released the 2.8 collection, which has Dream Drop Distance uh, on it, as well as something called Back Cover, and I'll explain what that is in a second. And then, in also in 2017, they started up a sequel called Union Cross, which is the same acronym, K-H-U-X. The X is now pronounced cross instead of key. Do you like that? I don't think... I think you should just stick with one. Well, they didn't. So, two years later... So Union Cross has now been going for two years. Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. So we're going to get to a point where we stop watching this and move on with the series. And we'll come back to this for stuff that came out after Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay. So a year after Kingdom Hearts 3, Union Cross saw the final story update. 
They also launched a sequel slash spinoff called Dark Road, which is a Xehanort origin story of sorts. That hmm. ran for two years. That is the broad timeline of these games. So what we are watching here is a fan dub of the most important cutscenes because there are almost a thousand quests in this game. It ran for wow. seven years. So there's a lot of stuff and a lot of it has no bearing on anything and we don't care about it. So <laughs> good. Demo 279, who's a Kingdom Hearts YouTuber, uh, condensed the most important cutscenes into a compilation as well as back cover. And what back cover is, is it is a sort of movie. It's an hour long. It's on the 2.8 collection. It is sort of the, the side of the story that you don't see. What are the foretellers up to? And we'll talk about who the foretellers are in a minute. But there, so back cover is showing stuff that the player would not necessarily have seen in the original game. So that is intercut chronologically with these cutscenes, which is why it sometimes goes from shitty go animate garbage <laughs> to <laughs> full ass Kingdom Hearts cutscenes. Okay. Makes sense. Um, I, I highly recommend this fan dub or even just the all important cutscenes compilation the Demo 279 made to anyone who's interested. I mean, that legitimately like turned me around on Kingdom Hearts where I was like, I think I'm kind of over it. And then I watched that and I was like, I'm extremely not over it. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I really recommend it. I really appreciate the work that Demo has done. Uh, on that note, we've got a player character to contend with. And we need to decide what we're going to call that character. Because in the cutscenes that we're watching, he is referred to as Damien, which of course is Demo's name. Right. Oh. Should we call the character Damien? Should we call the character Player is a, a pretty common, people just say the player. I have a note that he looks like Corrin from Fire Emblem, so we could call him Corrin. He does kind of look like Corrin from Fire Emblem. I tend to default a lot of the time to uh, ProZD's uh, Dennis. Dennis is good. Yeah, I could do Dennis. From from the, uh, haha, that's me yeah. video. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Dennis. Should we call him Dennis? Yeah, I'm good with calling him Dennis. All right. This is a game about Dennis. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that's all the pre-explanation that I wanted to do. Do you now understand every single thing that you saw? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So you can just summarize the whole thing. I'll just be sitting here. Yeah, cool. Um, one sec. Uh, actually, the thing is, I actually feel like I understand this. I, the thing I don't understand, the thing I could never explain is the long list of what game, uh, we're playing or not that you did <laughs> a second ago. That's the thing I think I could never get to. Yeah. Uh, for for our purposes, this is K-H-U-X. Yeah. Okay. Whatever that specifically means is not our concern at any given moment. Right. Okay. Fair enough. We begin... Uh, oh, I did want to... I There was one more thing that I wanted to explain about the structure here. Okay. Uh, which is that back cover is not chronological. There will be scenes where, like, a character is introduced, like... 40 minutes in when we already know them and they did that kind of to like heighten the tension and the mystery uh that wouldn't really work when you intercut it with uh the actual original game cutscenes. so demo has just arranged those chronologically which is why you might notice some weird like tone shifts here and there <laughs> okay uh, got it so we begin with a narration from chirithy who 
we'll we'll introduce Chirithi properly in a little bit, but Chirithi is a little critter, a little and kitty cat of looks sorts. Like a, looks like a moogle. A little bit like a moogle, uh, and if you, whether or not you're watching the fan dub or the official dub, you're going to have to get used to Chirithi's voice because it, it kind of talks like this, and it's just going to be like that forever. <laughs> That's kind of what you expect a, a little guy that looks like Chirithi to sound like, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, Chirithi introduces the world. It is the age of fairy tales that we have heard tell of before. The world is still one. Uh, it just stretches out as far as the eye can see. Everything is connected. There's no space. There's no gummy ships. And we are in Daybreak Town. Really, It is funny to think that this is the age of fairy tales because... Modern Kingdom Hearts appears to be the age of fairy tales as well. Like, the fairy tales are all still there, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. It is it is the age of fairy tales within a fairy tale world. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we're in Daybreak Town. Much like a lot of uh, iconic Kingdom Hearts original locations, it's got a big fucking clock tower in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And that's where everything happens. And you wouldn't want to, like, be confused about where the stuff's going to happen. It happens there. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think it's very brave of them to have a clock tower in a world where time is so messy. That's true. Yeah. That's what that's what the, maybe the clock is doing that stuff, too. We just don't understand it. Maybe that's or maybe that's why the world uh, was able to exist in one before is because everyone had a big central clock tower that they could hang their hat on. Oh, yeah. So the master of masters is a guy in a black coat. Sure is. Classic. He has an eye that can see into the future, and he <laughs> uses it to create something called the Book of Prophecies that Maleficent went to the data worlds looking for encoded. Yes. He gave five copies of it to his apprentices. He has six apprentices. All but one of them gets a copy of the Book of Prophecies that shows what happens in the future. And now we go into these character intros. They're all case of so-and-so. So we start with the case of Lushu. The master uh, calls Lushu his indisposable number seven, seven apprentices and himself. Uh, and we get the first dialogue from him. And we learn very quickly that this man's a bit of a clown. Yeah, he's definitely like that trope of wacky guy who can suddenly be very serious. <laughs> yes, he very much is. Uh, the first, His first silly moment is he's like, yeah, you six plus me makes seven. Wait, don't tell me I don't count. And Lushu, as all the other apprentices will do, is just kind of like, I don't really know <laughs> what to say to this guy. It sort of feels like Lushu's never talked to him before, and then he just started doing all this to him. They all kind of just, like, no-sell all of his weird shit. I mean, I guess because they know he's, like, the most important guy, so they kind of just have to deal with it. Well, he's their master. He's the master of masters. They're the masters, and he's the master of masters. Right. Uh, they all they all seem to really genuinely look up to him, uh, which is why they put up with all of this shit, I imagine. <laughs> uh, he summons his Keyblade, and it's a familiar Keyblade, isn't it? Yeah, it's Xehanort's Keyblade. It's Xehanort's Keyblade, and he hands it to Lushu very casually, and Chirithi explains that this... What what happens here is what connects all events to come. So pay attention to this. Uh, and this is this is the first thing that I was talking about when I mentioned like weird tone shifts. I don't know if you noticed that the music completely changes in the middle of this scene. I didn't. No. 
Yeah, there's like a, a slightly stuttery cut here, and the tone gets really dark. And the reason for that is that we just skipped all the almost all the way to the end of the original back cover sequence. Oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, it wouldn't really make sense if it played out that way in the compilation. So we are now in Case of Lushu Part 2, uh, where Lushu asks, he sees the little blue eye in the hilt of the Keyblade and asks if the Keyblade is called the gazing eye and the master says actually no name and lushu says no name and that's the name of the keyblade that's why the keyblade is called that cool is it his actual eye did he take his eye out and put it in the sword he, he says, says that it's literally his eye he does he's got a fucked up eye he's he's not he doesn't have a dude eye if that's actually his eye it's a it's a creepy reptilian looking eye yeah yeah we we have no way of knowing because the master, it's worth saying at this point. Oh, I didn't even mention Lushu is also a black coat guy, and yeah. their faces are completely obscured by shadow. We have no way of knowing what they actually look like. They got they got the black coat, they got the black gloves, they got the black hood. They are absolute mysteries to us, appearance wise. Um, so I don't know. The master of masters, he could be a weird monster guy. I honestly he, don't know. He could when he a- says that that's his eye, I kind of believe him yeah he could be a king k rule under there he's a fucked up guy yeah yeah he could be some kind of demon or maybe that is just his eye and when he puts it into the keyblade it becomes weird and monstrous yeah it's a very goth keyblade so it is a very goth keyblade (laughs) it does literally have a goat's head on it (laughs) yeah i i will say i like the master of masters i don't remember how i felt about him at the beginning but uh i i do like him quite a bit now i like that he's wacky and i ray chase is his voice actor and he's all over the place in a way that i find very fun and i really like when he tells lushu that keyblade does have an eye in it my eye be exact ew oh you think that's gross do you yeah i mean i don't there's some of it's okay to me i just think that I think I've just seen this character too many times. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Uh, he's got... I, I do like, because we don't see his face, he has very, very exaggerated animations, which I find pretty fun. Yeah, he's doing a stage play. Oh, also, this is... The Master of Masters is the guy from our podcast art. If yeah, I figured that out. Sure. Yeah, I saw that's the it. scene of him sitting at the table with his little purple, like, with vial and stuff. Listening to yeah. lo-fi music. Right. Uh, so, he explains what Lushu's job is which is that he is going to take this keyblade that has the master's eye in it and he is going to pass it down to an apprentice and that apprentice is going to become a master and pass it down to their apprentice and so on and so on and so on carrying this keyblade forward through history and his eye is going to see all of it and that is how he has already written the book of prophecies which means that Lushu will do his job yeah and and Xehanort's part of it apparently yeah and the master applauds and says congratulations um i don't really want to get too into this right now uh because this is not a crackpot corner this is on my list of mysteries that i truly don't know Mm -hmm. because we've seen a lot of weapons with this eye yeah riku's soul eater has it like that like even before he had a keyblade his sword has this eye in it yeah i don't know what to make of that yeah i i gotta assume that the master well he's got more than one eye i guess right <laughs> i mean <laughs> he's he could have any number of eyes under there i suppose 
Or, you know, it could be time travel shenanigans. I mean, it's a little unclear how people get multiple Keyblades, right? Like, it's, I guess, mm. the charm you put on it changes the Keyblade mm. or whatever, right? Yeah. So, like, I- I've always been a little foggy on, on yeah, where, where Keyblades come from and if people can have, mm-hmm. like, the same Keyblade or, or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the answer to that. That's that's on my list of things to to watch out for is if the master truly is seeing through this eye in a very literal sense, does that mean that all the other eyes that other characters might have is he also watching through those? I don't know. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I I would I wish I had a crackpot corner about that, but it would I mean the crackpot corner would basically be I think that he is. <laughs> and I don't know if I do. Right. Uh so the master sets Lushu off. Well, he does not right now. He tells Lushu some some shit's going to go down that I have foreseen in the book of prophecies. I want you to hang around at a distance and just watch over all of it with the keyblade, with the eye, and once it's all settled, you're going to go out into the world on your own, no friends, no book of prophecies, find an apprentice, pass down the keyblade and also, you are going to take this gigantic fucking black box. Take take my big goth box. Can you carry this for me? He pulls out a big goth box. I don't think that we've gotten a good look at it. There there are some details that we'll see on it in a future moment, but I we you didn't have any like zoom ins or anything that you did, did you? No, you get a good shot of it when he's dragging it through the desert later. Um I think that's when you get to see it the best. But yeah, I don't have like a description written down or anything. Okay, we'll we'll address that when we get to it then. It's all that anyone needs to know about it right now is that it's a big honking black box. It's got a heart on it, I think. Almost certainly. <laughs> <laughs> so does the Book of Prophecies. But I feel like if we if we mention everything that's got a heart on it, we'll never get this episode recorded. <laughs> and uh, sorry, this has got a heart on it. And uh, uh, the socks have hearts on them. His zippers have hearts on them. His socks have hearts on them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I like this moment where Lushu, when when the master tells him that he's going to go off on on his own and that he will never get to see everyone again. He's like, but what about my friends? And the master's just like, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, I guess I won't then. Thank you. Master of Masters, I don't think, has friends, so... No, very, very uh, uh, toxic relationship with his students here. Yeah. Uh, and he tells Lushu that... Well, Lushu asks what's in the box, and he says, it's a secret, and you can never, ever open it. And Lushu's like, oh, come on. And he's like, okay, fine, I'll tell you, as long as you promise never to open it. And he whispers something to Lushu, and we don't hear what it is. And Lushu is shocked, and that's all we. that's all we've got there. Do you know what's in the box yet? No. That's messed up. That messed is up. that is one of the big mysteries coming out of this era of Kingdom Hearts is what's in the box. Yeah. Uh before I I can't help but notice that Lushu kind of has a Xehanort name. Just in that there's an X in it? Yeah. In- oh yeah, it is L U X U in case anyone was not imagining it having an X in it. Yeah, there's an X in there. Yeah, I don't that may or may not be significant, and but it is notable that he has an X in his name, and that Xehanort later has his Keyblade. I don't. I, I mean, I got. I don't know if he was directly Xehanort's master, but he's somebody's master. Yeah, I mean, I'll say right now, there's a lot of stuff that I still don't know about Lushu. But if if the question is, is the X in his name important? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no way that it isn't. 
right if there's an x in his name and it's not important that's the biggest troll move in the history of video games well yeah i mean it could be a thing where it's like it he's the first guy to make it important or something it could Uh, be you know i mean this is a most ancient era right he invented the most ancient letter could be uh we go now to the case of era era is the first of the foretellers so the foretellers are the of, are the five of the six apprentices who got the book of prophecies and they all have these big like sort of ornate white robes with animal masks yeah and era has the mask of the unicorn i thought it was a horsey i didn't see the horn at first but yeah he is the unicorn yeah uh this is not super important just yet well actually no we will get into it uh within this episode so i'll hold on uh but yes era is meeting with the master on a hill overlooking the town we will see this hill quite a bit so get used to that and we we get a sense of era pretty quickly he's if in in a word he is diligent yes he is like combing through the book of prophecies to the point that the master himself is like geez you're you're like really studying that thing huh (laughs) and ira says is it true what's written on the last page and the master goes oh yeah bummer huh and the last page uh says that everyone is gonna die well i mean it mostly just says that darkness will prevail right and and yes light will be subsumed or whatever on that fated land a great war shall transpire darkness will prevail and the light expire i hope that the whole book isn't written like that yeah (laughs) don't we all love rhyming prophecies folks (laughs) yeah i mean it's especially because it's it's just like stuff that he saw through his eyeball then he and then he managed to make it all rhyme (laughs) oh god typical master of masters he changes the subject and says uh in the event that i suddenly disappear and never show up again you will be the new leader it'll be your job to keep everyone calm and together and he's like yeah, I mean, it seems like you're telling me you're going to be leaving, basically. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, well, you know. Ira asks if that's why he gave them their Keyblades. So this is where we learn all of them are Keyblade Masters, and he gave them the Keyblades. We will also learn later he gave them all their names, and presumably also their uh, their animal outfits. He's a great uh, seamster. <laughs> the seamster of seamsters. Yeah. He makes, I mean, assuming he made those black coats, too. You know, I've said it before. I honestly don't know the answer to that question, but it's very possible. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, yeah, you were asking, uh, I can't remember when you were asking if someone made the black coats. Maybe Xehanort, I don't remember. I thought Diz I like, made, it seemed like Diz had made them at one point. Oh, that's right. You asked if Diz made them, and I was like, well, they've got a bit of a history. Yeah, they're uh, as old as time itself, seemingly. But all are all of them or some of them copies? Who knows? Yeah, truly no idea. You know, if I had a teacher who gave me a sword and he then handed me a unicorn costume and gave me a name, I might be like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get going. <laughs> yeah. It's been it's been great. Yeah, I, I don't think it's okay for your boss to go, your name's George now. <laughs> hey, you know what? Zemnis fucking did that, huh? That's true. He did actually. <laughs> he did. I put an X in your name, and you're cool with it. You're cool with it, all right? This is your new name. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> you work for me now. 
Yeah, there's some bad bosses in Kingdom Hearts. Huh? I guess you're right. Zenmus isn't a very good boss. That's uh, <laughs> when you really think about it. Yeah. Uh, the master also starts playing with a dandelion in this scene, which uh, is important later. Not not in a lore way. Just dandelions will be a thing. Oh, okay. Did we get to the dandelions? I don't think so. Maybe I missed it. I, I don't remember if it comes up this time. Well, well, we'll get we'll get to dandelions eventually if it's not this week. Um. So. But yeah, Ira is like, oh, so you gave us our Keyblades to spread the teachings of light and to protect Kingdom Hearts. And the Master's like, no, no, I didn't do that. The prophecy is very clear. Light will expire. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, and this is where my first crack corner starts to come in. Ooh. Which is that um, it kind of feels like over the course of this, especially when we meet with, like, the bear guy, that Master Uh of Masters is just setting, is basically... Setting up the conflict that's to come to make the light expire. Mm. Um, but I also feel like it's maybe like a foundation thing where he knows that's going to come anyway. So he wants to manipulate it to happen in a way that people can recover afterwards. That's interesting. My, that's my guess is basically he's bringing it about in a specific way that means that people can maybe someday fix it all. That's what, so, that's what I'm assuming is happening. So sort of in that he he sees... Well, actually, no, he wrote the prophecies. He saw the events. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that would kind of get back into the whole stable time loop sort of thing of, like, self-fulfilling prophecy. He knew that it would happen, so he wrote the book and set up that it would happen. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's quite what you were saying, but... That's that's basically it, and then he's basically, like, trying to do, like, harm reduction. It's like, if it's going to happen anyway, I'm going to make it happen in in the least harmful way possible. And mm. and then and then also set up, you know, by sending Lushu off with the box or whatever, maybe set it up so someone can fix it later. I think this is as good a time as any to talk about the fact that um, where we are at in the series right now, like these are the questions. Mm-hmm. Stuff like what is what is Xehanort up to? What's going on with the organization? Like that's largely resolved. Mm-hmm. This is like the next step is like, what is the master of masters planning? Is he is he someone that we know? Like, what what does he know? What what is he capable of? These these are all questions that are in my mind very much as well, which is why most of my crackpot corners are going to be in the coming weeks. <laughs> Good. Uh, so, yeah, we're 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 entering into the unknown, which is exciting for me. Uh, but yeah, Ira is like, wait, isn't, isn't our job, isn't the whole point of all of this that we prevent the prophecy from coming true? And the master's like, of course not. It's a prophecy. It's going to happen. Do you really think that you can change the future? And Ira's like, well, we should at least try. And the master just says, all right, good luck. And just walks away. And that's the end of the scene. (laughs) Yeah, I like that. I mean, he's got a point. Like, and that's why I'm saying, that's why I think that's what he's, that's like, he wouldn't give people these books if he wasn't trying to have them make it happen in a certain way. Ooh, something else that I hadn't thought about until this moment is it's entirely possible that what is in the book of prophecies and what he has seen with his eye are not the same. He could, he could be lying in the book. Yeah. Yeah. He could sometimes lie to make stuff go differently or we juicy. We know that he gave one person a page. No one else got. So like he's already doing that. Yes. Uh, well, next we meet Envy, uh, who wears the mask of the snake. 
Uh, and no, the master, it's not suspicious at all. <laughs> <laughs> the master uh, gives her the task of watching over the others and sort of being a mediator. She's not a leader, but she's she's just kind of here to observe and just see if anyone's acting weird or un- uneasy or anything like that, and just try to smooth things out. Uh, she is uneasy about what will happen to the unions if the Master and Lushu leave. So I think this is a fine time to talk about what the unions are. Did Was that clear to you from watching this? Yeah, it's, it's like each of these um, foretellers has a union that's a group of like lesser Keyblade wielders that go out and do good stuff, basically. Lesser Keyblade wielders, of course, being the players. Being Dennis's, yeah. <laughs> Thousands of Dennis's. Um, yeah, so... I I never played the game. I believe it had already shut down before I even fully became aware of it. But the very, very broad idea of the game as a game is that, yeah, you play as one of the Keyblade wielders. You get to make your own character and all that stuff. You get your Keyblade and all that. And you go on missions and you collect Lux, a.k.a. Light, which you use to question mark, question mark, question mark. But it's five unions, one for each foreteller, each one themed around the animal of the foreteller who is in charge. And you want to be on the top of the leaderboard, which you do by paying real money for gotcha mechanics. Hooray! Yay! What if I had the strongest weapons? I know, I'll put money in the game. Woohoo! Yeah, that's the most rewarding way to play. That's right. So yeah, uh... Yeah, the the five unions are Unicorn, Snake, Leopard, Bear, and Fox. And Envy is the leader of the Snake Union. And yeah, she's she's worried about what's going to happen when the Master leaves. Uh, he kind of teases her a little bit and pats her on the head. I I feel like we get a sense of the Master here, and and in another scene later, I feel like he does seem like he actually cares about his apprentices. Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's why I don't think that he's, like... My assumption isn't that he's evil and trying to do bad stuff. That's why my assumption is, like, whatever he's trying to do is trying to just, like I said, the harm reduction, basically. Uh Uh-huh. But... Yeah. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll see, though, I guess. We will see. I... I really don't know what what I think. I think that he he definitely seems to me like he cares about people, although it is entirely possible that him like patting her on the head is pure manipulation. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Uh but yeah, it's it's hard to say. Of course, we at as of this point on the podcast haven't even seen what comes of all of this, so we'll see. Uh but you know, he he kind of gives her a pep talk. Uh you know, change is hard, but everything's going to keep moving forward. Just just Keep up and you'll be fine. And he advises her to listen to what her heart tells her. And then he says one of the funniest lines in all of Kingdom Hearts to me, which is, May your heart be your guiding key. I say it all the time. <laughs> has some, someone else has said that, right, in the series? I think this is our first time hearing it. It won't be our last. Okay. And that is part of why I think it is so hilarious to introduce a new catchphrase with, As I always say... <laughs> Right. 
Right. It's it feels like a thing you should have been hearing like all the time. Like it's become a thing people say. Uh huh. But they like thought a, of it like between Dream Drop Distance and Kingdom Hearts Three. Right. Like yeah, it's like supposed to be there. May the May the Force be with you or whatever. Yeah. It it really 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 is. What do you think of it? It's fine. It's thematic to the to the story to the series. It has heart and key in it, which is very yes. Yeah, I think very... it work. I think it works. I mean, Mickey's always saying to listen to your heart or whatever, so it's a a pithier way of doing that. So sure. Yeah, I'm just not. I think what it is is I'm not sold on the phrase guiding key, which doesn't really mean anything to me. Yeah, that's a good point. I've I've never been guided by a key, but that's fine. Uh Envy looks reassured. She's she's calmed down. What a what a good teacher. Or the worst teacher, depending on what he's trying to do. <laughs> we'll see. Uh next is the case of Ased. Ased is the bear. He is a big, big boy. He is voiced by the voice actor of Knuckles the Echidna, and I love him. Yeah, okay. I don't think I have a good sense of him other than he seems like a big dummy. He's uh, a big dummy, but yeah, we'll we'll get more of his character probably next time. Uh, the master arrives at his study to meet with Ased, and Ased is already there. And the master asks him what he wants. Ased, <laughs> I think part of what I like so much about him is how much the master is able to fuck with him. He just shows up in his office. He's like, "Oh, what did you want?" Ased, and Ased's like, "Master." You're the one who called me here. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm fucking with you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's funny. It's, it's a little sad for us, Ed. Yeah. Uh, and he gets his role, which is to be Ira's right-hand man, which he is not happy about because he was kind of hoping that if someone else had to be the leader, it would be him. He didn't even know that there was going to be another leader because the master here tells him that he might disappear and Ased stares at him slack-jawed for about 15 seconds. Right. <laughs> and the master, like, repeat. he thinks that Ased didn't, wasn't, like, paying attention, and he repeats himself. <laughs> and Ased's like, no, I heard you. <laughs> and the master's like, well, then tell me that you heard me. That's embarrassing. <laughs> I, I, I really like these two. It's, it's such a weird dynamic. Yeah. Well, especially weirder based on the stuff he says next, which makes me feel like he's really Master of Masters is really just manipulating this guy. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Which thing? Because I think I accidentally skipped ahead. Oh well, the next thing he says, um, you know, Ira might need you to push him in the right direction, and that's why your role is the most important. Because if he isn't doing a good job, your job is to take the job from him. Yes, which he he describes as I said's true role, which like to me. It just feels like Master Masters is trying to set up a fight. Yes, it very much feels like he is saying to Ased, you're going to be second fiddle. But if you feel like you should be first fiddle, then by all means, push your leader out of the way and take over. Yeah, it seems like the kind of thing a guy might do if he needed like a certain number of keyblades to fight to make a big keyblade or something. I don't know. (laughs) That's that's the thing I'm worried that he might be doing. And also the fact that it's kind of hush-hush. Like, I don't think it's ever explicitly said that the Master has told them, here's your role and here's your secret role that nobody else should know about. But the implication is definitely, everyone's going to know that you're supporting Ira, but only you are going to know 
that I said it's okay for you to basically mutiny if you, th- like, at your discretion. Yeah, I bet everyone's gonna be really cool about that when you do that. They'll totally believe you that I told you you could do that. Yeah, but he al- he also really, like, uh, goes out of his way to, like, massage Ased's ego, you know? He's like, he's like, look, you know... Ira is gonna need you like your job is actually even more important than the leader's job because you're the one you're basically the real leader because you're gonna be the one who tells the leader what to do that's even better and I said's like huh yeah it is better yeah yeah but also maybe maybe kill that guy later I don't know (laughs) (laughs) uh next we go to the case of Ava uh because all of these characters are wearing masks that obscure basically like everything from the mouth up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea how old most of these characters are supposed to be. I'm pretty sure that Ava is like 15. They all seem to be, well, they're anime characters. So they're between 12 and 21. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically going off. She seems about as young as Sora was at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. She is very small and has a a very a very uh sort of soft and naive personality, I guess I would say. Yeah, that that seems right. I think the other thing, well, oh, here, here we go. Uh the master tells her that her her role is to keep the hope of light alive, which what we hear right now basically is the description that we've heard from Kyrie's grandma in the fairy tale of how the hearts of children kept the light alive, which does lead me to believe that she's probably the youngest one here. Okay, yeah. Uh, so he tells her that her role is to keep out of trouble, don't get in any fights, don't don't get any in any conflicts with anyone, gather up the most promising young Keyblade wielders into a secret, separate organization, and when everything goes to shit, as is stated in the Book of Prophecies, these Keyblade wielders will fly away like seeds of a dandelion and keep the light alive. Yeah, he says to forget the notion of unions and create a new organization. Yes, and we we will hear this group referred to as the Dandelions going forward. Okay. This is where my other uh, uh, crackpot corner comes in, which is I think the master of masters is actually Elon Musk, and his whole his whole this whole oh, thing no. is just the only reason he's doing this is to get rid of unions. He's sick of all these unions, oh. and now he's gonna, now he's going to kill them. <laughs> I thought that you were talking about how Elon Musk uh, believes that the future will be secured by spreading his seed. Oh well, that too. He is certainly doing that, um, and he's and he's busting unions. He's busting unions, and I'm not going to say what else he's busting. Oh no! Um, <laughs> we also but, haven't gotten to the part where he invents a car that kills you if you drive it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, he, he's getting there. He's working his way there, but um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, okay. I kind of and and so yeah, going back to what's actually going on. Um, this thing here is the other thing that makes me think that yeah, Master Master's main deal is harm reduction. Because why would he bother create creating like the group of people that keep light from expiring if he wasn't trying if that wasn't his main goal? That's true, especially since we we know from the conversation with Ira that the the line about the light expiring and darkness prevailing or whatever it was that's the end of the book of prophecies. So yeah. he he is clearly 
preparing for a future on the other side of that. Yeah, yeah. What what comes next what comes next isn't written, so it could be anything. So, right. Yeah. What his intentions are beyond that, we have no way of knowing, but it does seem like he is trying legitimately to keep the light alive. Yeah. Um and Ava asks if she's really the right person for this and he says, "Ava, you are the only person for this." Which I, I don't know exactly what to make of that, but that feels important. The only person that can kill unions is child labor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I think, in my mind, it probably means that she has the purest heart, but it could also be that he believes in child labor. He thinks her nimble hands will do a better job. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, you need a child's hands to fit in those gigantic cracks in the Tesla exteriors. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah they 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 do a they do a better job of getting in in there and holding it together while you drive. <laughs> it's like it's like Snowpiercer. Every single car has a kid in there holding it together. Uh, and yeah, I think I think this is the the most serious that the master has seemed so far. Which again yeah. does make me think that this is sort of an insight to his true feelings, which is that he he really does want to keep the light alive. Now, I will reiterate, I don't know. So maybe maybe this is something that we will look back on uh, in Kingdom Hearts 4 and go, <laughs> well... Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I'm also always open to it being another Ansem, Ansem situation, too, where anybody that shows up saying they're Master of Masters, we don't know. They might not even be that guy. <laughs> terrifying yeah we move next to the case of gula oh uh i don't know if i mentioned uh ava was the fox gula is the leopard uh the master when gula arrives in his office is very loudly and dramatically reading out loud from the book of prophecies he's like <laughs> oh uh-huh, uh-huh. Ooh, i see <laughs> weird to do considering he wrote it that's true uh gula arrives and the master tears out a page and gives it to him and he says that this page is not in any of their copies of the book it's only in his and now it's only in gula's hands uh and his role is to find the traitor and gula sort of jumps the gun on this and he's like ah that's brilliant, Master. You've given us these roles so that if anyone deviates from their role, I will know that they're probably the traitor. And the Master's like, hey, I was going to say, I was going to explain that. <laughs> the Master should know that he was, well, I guess maybe, unless, hey, is Lushu like up in the corner watching this? <laughs> we will actually see exactly where Lushu is watching from later. Okay, good. Uh, but no, the this moment is not in the Book of Prophecies. The Keyblade is not here right now. Got it. <laughs> um, yeah, that is something I think about sometimes. Like, if we take it fully at face value and very literally believe that the master is, like, magically witnessing events through that eye, that's got to be a real pain in the ass for him. Especially when someone's fighting with that Keyblade. He's just like, I think, oh, uh, okay, he won. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, do you have to point it conspicuously at it, or is he getting, like, some sort of, like... Is he kind of have like a 360 dome he's looking out of? <laughs> Do when we need to we need to go back and look at scenes where like Terra is fighting Xehanort and he's got that keyblade. Like is the eye like clenched shut so that the master doesn't puke <laughs> as he's swinging it around? Yeah. He must also receive the images of history, I guess, 
faster than re- he's he's watching it like two x speed or like three x speed. Otherwise, he wouldn't be <laughs> able to you know. Otherwise, it just happened to him in real time. That's not really very useful. Uh huh. Or maybe sometimes just not much is going on. He just yeah. He actually fast forwarded through like the most important thing. Um, oh no there were like a thousand cycles of bequeathing that he skipped over not realizing that there were like eight keyblade wars in the middle of that whoops ah shit uh and yeah the master uh gets very serious and tells gula to keep focused and act normal and trust no one but himself now here's a here's a tone shift as the dream eaters music starts playing Woo! It's the Dream Eaters music! Uh, this is, again, I think this is a scene that in actual back cover would have been way earlier. Uh, okay. The master calls all of his apprentices into his office, and he shows them a little flask containing a Chirithi. One of these little kitty cat moogle looking things. Uh, it, ha- it has a Dream Eater symbol on it. It does indeed. These are, as far as I'm aware, the original Dream Eaters. Cool. And he explains to the masters, to the apprentices, the foretellers, whatever you want to call them. Actually, I think that Lushu is not here. I don't think he gets one. But yeah, because he's like the secret one. So yeah, he gets no. He doesn't get to have any friends. No. Uh, the master explains to them that every Keyblade wielder, including them, but not Lushu, is going to get their very own Chirithi, which will be their loyal friend and pet. And uh, any Keyblade wielders uh, who become corrupted by darkness, their Chirithi will become a nightmare version of itself. He says that so casually. (laughs) (laughs) And the others are like, sorry, what? What did you just say? Does that mean in the future all the nightmares that that Sora's fighting are (laughs) from Keyblade wielders who fell to darkness? Uh, I guess we'll have to find out, huh? Because that's a lot of people that fell to darkness then. Because we've we've only met Chirithi. And Chirithi is just a, a little critter that the denizens of Daybreak Town get. So the question of how Dream Eaters, as we know them, came to be in the realm of sleep, that's a question. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there there might be nightmare Chirithis popping up, which will indicate that a Keyblade wielder has fallen to darkness, and that darkness will plant darkness in the hearts of others, and there will be more and more nightmare Chirithis. Uh, Ased steps forward in this moment and is like, well, if I see any Nightmare Chirithis, I'll destroy them on sight. And Ava, Ava, the, the little, the little child of the group, maybe, is like, no, they're, they're babies! (laughs) They're little kitty cats! Yeah. And Gula jokes like, uh, no wonder you're the bear, I said. You're so scary. And Ava's like, yeah, maybe you could growl at them. And I don't know if you caught it. There's a moment here that I never noticed before. As we see Ased looking shocked at that, that standing next to him mostly out of frame is Ira, and we can see that his shoulders are kind of shaking a little as he tries not to laugh. Yeah, I did notice they're kind of just laughing at him. And yeah, the master, he he gets in on the joke and he's like, yeah, Ased, why, you might as well try it. And everyone just starts laughing at him. And I said, I think he just goes, you must be joking. <laughs> I don't have to do this job, you know. <laughs> I can go back to my dad owns a store. I can go back to the car dealership. I don't need this. My name is Gary. I never asked to be called Ased. I never yeah. asked to wear a bear mask. We're busy making cars that drive themselves and are going to run people down in the street. So <laughs> let me. I'm, I'm, get I'm out quitting. Of here. I'm going back to my job of being a voice actor for Knuckles the Echidna and Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. 
We then get a little montage of the foretellers and their keyblades and their names and their unions and their tasks and stuff. We've already gone over a lot of this, but I think this is a good time to talk about the names and the animals. Okay. Because there's, because there's some interesting lore here that is worth pondering. Okay. I'm going to look look up a name of something before I say it out loud. Okay. While you're doing that, I do like that Chirithids are basically little canaries in... The coal mine, basically, that's like the point overall, is to they go yes. evil so you know someone's bad. Yes, and to to the point of the master seemingly setting all of this up to create conflict, the fact that all that indicates everyone will have a cheerithy, and if one of them looks evil, someone is evil. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So the the names of the foretellers. Including Lushu are worth noting uh, because they have a couple of important correlations. So Ira is wrath, Envy is envy, Ased is Asedia, sloth, Mm. Uh, Ava is greed, avarice, Gula is gluttony, Lushu, I believe, uh, Luxuria is lust. Which then leaves pride. Uh, we don't know the master's name, of course, right. but they are the deadly sins, of course. And the animals actually correlate to those sins as well. Now, this is a little bit spurious, I'll say. However, somebody, th- I don't know who, I can't credit this, unfortunately, because this is just something that is on the Kingdom Hearts wiki. So I don't know who came across this, some fucking theologian Kingdom Hearts fan, but there is precedent for these animals relating to these sins. And that is from a document called the, if I, if I can pronounce this right, Ancrin Wis, uh, which is a, an old fucking Latin document, probably, uh, that talks about sin in various capacities which equiv- equivocates these animals with their matching sins it's like there's a passage that's like the unicorn of wrath the snake of envy etc etc hmm. um lushu does not have an affiliated animal because he's just wearing a black coat but that is the scorpion the scorpion of lust i don't quite know why that is yeah i don't know uh, I don't really associate scorpions with sex in any capacity. Uh, The sin of pride is associated here with the lion, so we'll have to keep an eye out for anything lion-related as we go forward. Weirdly, though, the one thing that doesn't match here is that uh, gluttony is not a leopard. It is a pig, according to this document. So, you know, grain of salt with all of this, but there's enough overlap that it's worth noting, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I mean, also, it's not the first... I mean, like, a lot of Japanese creators like to do stuff with, like, Christian theology. Yeah, I mean, I think that there is a, like, big anime franchise that is literally just called The Seven Deadly Sins. I don't know anything about it, but I'm always getting, like, ads for it on YouTube. (laughs) Well, and it's like Full Metal Alchemist does it with all the homunculi, and, you know, it's it's like a pretty common... uh, motif i think just because you know yeah it's just mythology and it, and it has and it has cool imagery so yes uh but what i want to flag with this is the fact that these sins are really not 
in any way correlated with the personalities of the foretellers. But I do believe that the opposite virtues are, and we'll see oh. more of their of their personalities as we go forward, but I think it's worth keeping in mind. This, this is, I would say, lightly getting into crackpot corner mode, but I think it's worth, as we go forward, considering how these characters are the opposites of their affiliated sins. Just something to keep in mind. Also, this is even more crackpot corner. The fact that Gula doesn't match with his animal, I don't know what to make of that. It could just mean that this whole thing is bullshit and the person who put it on the wiki is grasping at straws. But I was looking into it and I couldn't really find any affiliation with leopards and gluttony. There's like a leopard in uh, Inferno from the Divine Comedy, but people are still to this day arguing over what it represents. So I don't know. These are all just things to keep in mind as we go forward. I mean, sometimes you try to make a game and you tell them, I want a pig guy, and they go, you can't have a pig. It's not cool enough. That could could be all it is. Although I have a hard time imagining that anyone is telling Nomura no on anything at this point. That's true. Maybe he was just like, pigs are gross. I don't want to do a pig. Um, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Yeah, you know, or yeah, I mean, I guess I'm still trying to figure out who the traitor is. And it does seem like also maybe if you wanted a traitor to think that you weren't onto them, you'd give them special information and tell them they're a special boy looking out for the traitor. Um, mm. so maybe, maybe that's a deal or maybe the trader's just the one that's a snake because that, that's just obvious symbolism. I don't know. <laughs> well, we will, we will keep an eye on, on the question of who the trader is and if it has anything to do with their names or animals or anything as we go forward. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, so we, we go through Chirithi narrates through each of the, uh, the, the foretellers and such. We get to see their keyblades, which look pretty cool, but. I have nothing to say about them beyond that. Yeah, they didn't. Th- those aren't keyblades that we recognize, right? I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't like. No, these are these persons. are all new. These are all new keyblade designs. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Lushu uh, watches his companions from afar. I think we do see where he's watching from, don't we? I mean, I saw. I remember. I remember seeing him dragging his goth box through the desert. Is that what you mean, or was there somewhere uh, else right before, before that? that? We see him watching. From the hill overlooking the town. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A, a classic place to watch people. Yeah. Um, the scene of him dragging his goth box through the desert, I feel like is just directly, maybe it's just a reference to um, the guy dragging the cr- giant cross the desert in Trigun. It really looks <laughs> like that. I haven't I haven't seen Trigun. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Um, the desert is is interesting because the only, like, sort of rocky desert that we know is the Badlands that are the Keyblade Graveyard, but this is not the Keyblade Graveyard because there's no Keyblades. So this could be the future Keyblade Graveyard, or it could be a location that we're not familiar with yet. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he he watches and then leaves with the box, uh, although that will happen later in the story. That's kind of looking forward. And the Master vanishes as well. And now we are entering into the actual game, Unchained Key, as Chirithi says, this is where your story begins. After Lushu and the Master are gone, you pick your union, you design your character, you gather Lux, etc. Uh, we get the the intro, which is... this. I thought this was, even though I don't necessarily love 
actually showing Kyrie in the intro when she has nothing to do with any of this, as far as I know. Um, mm-hmm. I do think the way that the intro plays out is pretty cute because it shows the Book of Prophecy, which then opens up into a pop-up book. Do you think it's a pop-up book for everybody? I don't know, but it's very funny to imagine that it is. <laughs> was, oh shit, did we, was the, hold on, was the Dream Drop Distance opening a pop-up book? No. Editing correction. The Dream Drop Distance intro is, in fact, a pop-up book. We'll talk more about this next time. And now back to me being wrong. No, it was that there were pages fluttering around. That's right. Yeah. I'm I'm really racking my brains to think if we've seen, like, pop-up book imagery anywhere else. Nothing comes to mind. Hundred, Although, hundred, I mean, hundred, like... Hundred, hundred Acre Book? Is Hundred Acre Book yeah, not a... Yeah. yeah, that that feels like almost certainly not anything, <laughs> but... Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to repeat the entire fairy tale. I think this is the third time that we've heard it. Um, everyone liked light and then they fought over it and darkness went everywhere, but then the hearts of children had light in them and they rebuilt the world. So that's that, uh, the player, uh, Damien in this case, uh, Dennis, uh, is in the unicornus union. So we might be seeing era here and there. I honestly don't remember. Uh, we do, oh, we actually do get some era right now, uh, yeah. although, you know, presumably this is just whoever your union leader is when you play, but, uh, era congratulates Dennis on summoning his keyblade, but says, some enemies you will not be able to defeat on your own, and a bunch of more keyblade wielders run in, and there's a dark side, and they fight it in a little tutorial, and he says that your friends will be your power. Where have I heard that before, over and over? Hmm. Kingdom Hearts. Uh, they beat the dark side together. Ira tells them that some people are collecting the light for nefarious purposes, so their job, as they collect Lux, will also be to root out darkness within their union. You know, I was struck by the only time we've ever seen people collecting light before in Kingdom Hearts, it was for pretty bad reasons. Um, When have we seen that? That's all of Kingdom Hearts 2 and 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 Days and stuff, you know, it's all about you know, killing Heartless and collecting their hearts and light into a big fake Kingdom Hearts. Oh, true, true, true. So I was like, you know, because we are, yeah, we have seen some stuff about how it seems like you really shouldn't be trying to uh, tip the balance one way or another with Mm -hmm. light. But anyway, maybe they're doing it for good reasons this time. I don't know. Yeah, well, the good reasons is that uh, you get a reward if your union is at the top of the leaderboards. And if you are in the, uh, like, top 100 or something of Lux Gatherers when the game shuts down, uh, your name gets to be featured in Kingdom Hearts 3. Wow. That's the nefarious purposes. That's pretty nefarious, actually. Oh, yeah. I mean, I we will, obviously, when we get to the part where those names come up in Kingdom Hearts 3, we will talk about what context there is to that. But... It is weird when you're playing the game and you see all these names come up and you're like, ah, the whales. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, another thing we see here is like what the attacks are, which is like you're using Kingdom Hearts characters we know from the future as attacks. Yes, appear. so that is explained uh, right now, actually, as Dennis meets his Chirithi for the first time, who gives right. some exposition that I didn't bother writing down because we don't really need it. Light, darkness, etc. Uh, but... Chirithi explains... Okay, I'll come back to the topic of Chirithi in a moment uh, as a name. So Chirithi explains that the player has 
fragments, which are also referred to as medals, which are used for combat. Now, I have never played the game once again. I don't know how exactly the combat works, but there is a mechanic that involves these medals, which, yeah, like, like you said, feature characters or items or whatever that we know and you basically play those sort of like cards maybe and like stronger medals which probably are correlated with with gotcha game rarity make your attack stronger or whatever yeah and these medals i don't I, I again i don't know that much about them but i know like you know there might be one that's like it's a picture of sora from kingdom hearts 2 or it's like uh riku when he looked like ansem and had the soul eater or it'll be like uh kefka from final fantasy 6 because they have like special event medals that you can get that are not kingdom hearts characters got it one thing that's kind of weird is that they do have character medals that are not from disney worlds that we know like I think there's a whole set of medals from How to Train Your Dragon, which is not in Kingdom Hearts. That's bizarre. And Surpri the... Surprise they're allowed to have non-Disney ones. Is that not Disney? I was wondering about that, How but I never Dragon's actually bought it to look right? Maybe. I don't... Um, yeah, I don't think it's Disney. But, yeah, what's weird is that, lore-wise, the concept of these fragments is that they are fragments from the Book of Prophecies itself. So you are drawing power from the future to fight the darkness. Right. Which is the, like, lore explanation of, like, I'm channeling Kyrie right now. Yeah, which is wild. I mean, I guess you got to come up with some reason to... Obviously, you want to justify your gacha game somehow. I guess that's as good as any, as good a reason as any, but... It does make me wonder if that means that How to Train Your Dragon will be in Kingdom Hearts 4. It's weird. Yeah, I did look it up. That is a DreamWorks property. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Weird. Beard. I guess I guess it's like you know if we if we put a Disney if we put a DreamWorks world into Kingdom Hearts that might be very very dicey, but if we put a DreamWorks JPEG into Kingdom Hearts, we're all good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, possibly it's the mobile game. It. Nobody's looking. Yeah, <laughs> Disney doesn't even know that this game exists. Yeah, we're. <laughs> They're making they make they're making the game in international waters where Disney can't get to them. <laughs> uh, okay, I wanted to talk about Chirithi as a character slash characters because I don't know if it happens in this part, but we will find as I alluded to earlier, everyone has a Chirithi, and every Chirithi looks absolutely identical, and they are all named Chirithi. Yeah. So that might get kind of confusing both to watch and to talk about bef uh, as we find that there are multiple Chirithis on screen at one time who are all called Chirithi. I don't know that Chirithi has any gender, so I will usually I will usually say it. Chirithi says that it is Damien Dennis's new pet. Yes. It's it's going to be a bit of a headache to talk about, but, you know, we've we've survived talking about the key blade. We can survive talking about Chirithis. Yeah, no, we can handle talking about a couple Chirithis. Uh, so Chirithi explains that the darkness has found its way into the other worlds, and it shows Dennis how to create a portal to leave Daybreak Town and go fight it. And then we get a montage of irrelevant Disney worlds. Yeah... 
Although we do see that basically some of the events that happen in the Kingdom Hearts we've played so far are happening again also in fairy tale times, which I guess does track because the worlds are made from the memories of children or something in the future. I actually, I think that they might be, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't. It's the, same, it's the same seven dwarves. Yeah, seven I guess drows. I was trying to remember uh, what actually happens because it's a montage. D- yeah. Demo has very helpfully fast forwarded through all of this shit. Uh, <laughs> yes. And I think that they are original stories. But yeah, the question of how they fit in with the stories that we've already encountered is a bit messy. Because yeah, one of them is the Drowth Woodlands and... We do, there's there's a little bit that we get that is not fast-forwarded through. And it's like, Snow White is like having fun with the Droughts in the cottage. And yeah, that that would happen in between Terra scaring Snow White and Aqua escorting the prince. So yeah, it it's confusing. Yeah, yes. And it probably not Will there be an explanation? That. No. Maybe. I'm probably not, not supposed to think about it that much, I would think. <laughs> yeah, we see the Drought Woodlands, we see Wonderland, we see Agrabah, and we see Olympus Coliseum, because why waste new worlds on the mobile game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the the player adventures in the Disney worlds and fights the Heartless for Lux and then brings it home to the Union. Uh, I don't want to put too much stock in Chirithi's narration here because this is a fan-dub original, but it basically says that Sometimes the darkness targets mean people, or targets nice people by taking over mean people. Chirithi, shout out to Demo for giving Chirithi the line, we don't need to go over all the details right now. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when they announced the the fan dub in the little trailer, it was like, fully voiced, fewer Disney cutscenes. Yeah, I mean, that is a bonus for stuff like this. Yeah, not important, but... We do focus on a few moments here and there of Dennis talking to his Chirithi. Um, So I mentioned that everyone's like having fun in the cottage, but Dennis goes outside and stands around looking sad. Uh, We don't get any Dennis dialogue. Dennis speaks by moving his mouth and wiggling his arm as if to say, I'm talking right now. And he does that and Chirithi says, oh, you're feeling lonely. Well, hearts are always connected regardless of distance. That's pretty much that scene. Yep. (laughs) I'm going to assume that if any of these are left in the compilation, then they probably will mean something going forward, even if I don't remember. So we will address all of the ones that are here. Uh, We go to the Draft Woodlands, or we're later in the Draft Woodlands. We see Snow White sleeping in the glass display case to show where the girl is for you to kiss. And uh, Chirithi wonders aloud if Dennis can help save her, but says, Oh, you don't have that kind of power, presumably... That's the power of waking. Yeah, I, I that I clocked that. And then the prince shows up to wake her, which, yeah, this would have been when Aqua was here. So figure that out. And Chirithi says, the, heart, the bond between hearts is very powerful. Maybe you have that power in your own heart. Probably. Probably. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, the Agrabah scene is incredibly short. Everyone is celebrating that the story happened. And Chirithi, for reasons that are... I guess about the plot of the movie Aladdin says like, it's never good to pretend to be someone you're not. It's something that we all need to remember. Even me. I was like, are you a nightmare Chirithi already? Is that I'm the, twist? the master of masters. Oh no. <laughs> 
puts on a black coat, starts gesticulating like at a million miles an hour. So the master, the, he put his eye in the blades and uh-huh. he, he split his body into the Chirithes. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, the Chirithes got norted with the master. They got mastered. They got mastered. Oh, no. Uh, and the last one of these scenes is that uh, Dennis is on his way into the underworld. I kind of surmised that he was maybe being manipulated by Hades into using the power of darkness because Chirithi is like, be careful, darkness might be a shortcut to power, but it's something you can never take back, but I'll watch over you no matter what happens. And that's that. Yep. I did think it was very funny that Demo decided nothing remotely important happens in Wonderland. Nope, just, yeah, whatever. <laughs> All completely extraneous, don't worry about it whatsoever. As far as we know, he's right. We go back to Daybreak Town, and Chirithi commends Dennis on his growing skills and confidence, and says, This is a good time to tell you the story of the world that we live in. I was born into a world of radiant light inside of a flask, and my creator gave names to his six apprentices, and five of them, the foretellers, received the Book of Prophecies. If you played the original game, this is the first you're hearing about any of this. To us, it's kind of redundant. Oh, okay. Um, Got it. Yeah. And the final entry in the book shocked the foretellers, saying that light would expire one day, so they decided to draw on the power of the book to try to prevent that from happening, that's what the fragments are that the Keyblade wielders use for the gacha game. And Chirithi adds that the foretellers might share Dennis's goal, but they are taking a different path to it. And that is where we have left off for this week. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a weird scene to end on because we already knew all of this. The important thing is that Dennis knows about all of this now. Right. Yes. Um, uh, that is our, that's our first viewing of uh, Unchained Key slash Key Back Cover. What a what a weird time. It is a weird time. I mean, I think that, like I said, I didn't like like love what was going on, but I am interested to know uh, uh, what's what the deal is with Master of Masters and and Lushu especially. I think. Yeah, uh, a weird thing about um, what is going on here is that one might think that you would look at back cover with its fully animated uh, 3D cool cutscenes and full voice acting and be like, oh, so that's like where they take the big giant plot of the mobile game and condense it into a form that is good. I actually think the back cover is like not very good because okay. it's like it's like 5% of a fucking seven year long story. And I mean, we haven't gotten the whole thing yet, but... Like, it's not like the Coded or Days movies where it's like, we just took the cutscenes and put them here. Like, it's largely original content that is not in key, and I don't think that it's very good. So I'm actually looking forward to getting more of key and more of Dennis's story, because that's where the good shit lives, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay, that's good to know. There's there's good stuff in back cover and we'll we'll get to it of course but um yeah next week I I actually can I have largely plotted this out for us so we should have four total episodes of Unchained Key that is the first half of the story before Union Cross we will then have one episode of Union Cross 
before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. And then we're going to go back for Fragmentary Passage. And then we're going to go back for Kingdom Hearts 3. Then we got five more episodes of Union Cross. So 10 episodes total of Unchained Key and Union Cross. Wow. Okay. Great. It's a it's a sizable story. It's about as long as uh, I think that'll be as many episodes as we did on like Birth by Sleep. Okay. Wow. I mean, you said it was seven years of game. So fair enough. Yeah, and they've trimmed out presumably about 90% of it. <laughs> well, yeah, all the grinding and gotcha and everything. Yeah, I will give a shout out to the YouTube channel of Everglow. That is the, like, serious, like, archival shit. Like, everything is on Everglow. So if if anyone's interested in, like, seeing the weird niche cutscenes that have no bearing on anything, Everglow is the place to look there. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, for now, that is it. Uh we dive to the wiki now, I believe. Well, no, I got a, I got a crackpot corner for you now. On, Ooh, on yes, Master yes, Masters yes. Is. So, okay. I assume everybody always tries to figure out if Master of Masters is somebody we've seen before. Yes, that they, is a very, very common topic of theory crafting. Because they, they put a hood on him. So I was thinking, who's he the most like? Well, okay. He likes to be kind of goofy. He likes to... Uh, make fun of people a lot. Oh my god, it's goofy. Which, no, it's not goofy. He likes to make fun of people a lot. He also uh, seems like maybe he likes to have like potentially different different identities, which is kind of like somebody we know who's the best character in Kingdom Hearts, and it's Pete. <laughs> now, Pete. Yeah, because Pete knows about the Book of Prophecies. We know that. So yeah. Pete found the Book of Prophecies. Uh, and used his power to go back in time and, you know, set up the whole story of Kingdom Hearts. That's my Lose theory. a lot of weight. Lose a, Well, I don't know. He's got the special robe. We don't know what it's doing in there. <laughs> I mean, it's shaped like Mickey when Mickey wears it. So I would assume that it's shaped like Pete when Pete wears it. Not this one. Pete got better at it in, in, okay. in, in, after all this. So, Is there a super, super tight corset in there? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he can barely breathe in there. Oh, no, Pete. That's why his voice is completely different, too. <laughs> um, and it's Pete. No, I yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I think I kind of feel like the only characters it could be are ones we don't know enough about for it to be interesting to me, you know? I think. There like, is a theory, and I, I'm, I said this on Discord. I'm drawing my line in the sand early. It's not Sora. If it's Sora, I'm going to Japan, and I'm going to fight the entire company of Square Enix. Yeah, that's no. It couldn't be. That'd be so stupid. Like, I hate that theory so much. I don't think it. Like, yeah, Sora's goofy. I I saw you talking about this on the no, Discord. Sora and Goofy are different characters. Yeah, right. Sora is a silly guy, but he's not smart enough to do the stuff Master of Masters is doing. That's and, true. And also, like, it just isn't. That just isn't Sora's character. I, I don't. I don't think that makes any sense. If it, if that's just, what they, yeah. I just don't get why people like the idea of like, you know, Sora, our delightful little boy. Well, what if he gets older and becomes a jaded freak? A lot, a lot of people like good guy becomes big sicko, but not know? Sora. Yeah, Sora's whole. I that's the other thing too is I'm like I'm. It can't if it's Sora. That's the worst because Sora's whole deal is how good he is about how he'll never be bad and like right. The idea that he would stop being that guy uh, just betrays the whole point of Sora's character to me. 
it it's just too depressing to think about. And also, I read the big Reddit post that explains like the basis for this theory. That's kind of like the 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 post that the theory is like based on originally. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's and it sucks. I like it at all. Um, I have a number of theories about who he is, and a lot of them are based on stuff that we can't talk about yet. Let me yeah. See, do I have anything that I can say about him? I can't talk about that. I can't talk about that. I can't talk about that. Um, <laughs> you know, the other character could be is Demix because we don't know who Demix's real name is, and uh, also Demix is a big goofball. So, well, I this is uh, that is a very common theory, right? And I will say I have about as much information as you do at this point on that. Demix is my main contender. We also just, but yeah, but I think, I guess the thing about that though, if it's Demix or if it's like, I guess like, uh, what's his face? Is it, is it, who's the guy that was, showed up as a kid to Ansem out of nowhere? Uh, oh, Ienzo? Ienzo, you know? Like, I guess it could be... He Ian- is... Ienzo is smart. He's a scientist. Ienzo's a scientist. He isn't fun or funny, but <laughs> he he did he does have mysterious origins, so I guess there's that going for him. Mm, I hadn't considered that. Ienzo? Yeah, he can be on the list. He can be on the list. But yeah, I also a lot th- of my reasoning for Demix is stuff that we don't have yet, um, besides just, like, the broad, like, he's silly. Although, Demix, we, we do actually... There is a, a personality overlap in the silly personality that then like snaps to very serious we saw that a few times with demix true right yeah Um, i i I think ultimately why i don't if it is demix i think that's just like that's fucking nothing because he's a character that we don't care about and i just i don't get the point in making him into a character that's almost nothing you know like i guess other than to say like i guess he was here the whole time wow uh but I, I just don't I don't find it. and also you punked him really bad like I, I don't I don't again it just like isn't interesting if it's him to me but I guess it could be there are also theories we talked about maybe the reason he has a weird eye is because he isn't human there are yeah. also theories about that and that the reason that we can't see his face isn't because we would recognize him but because he is visually just like different in some way that would betray or spoil his nature as a being if we could see his face that's interesting i'm more interested in that um yeah more i'm more interested in him just being his own character you know it doesn't always have to be a, a weird thing like that we'll see um or now think about this master of masters capital m lowercase o capital m where have we seen those letters with those capitalizations i'll tell you where mortimer mouse tall skinny oh rascally oh mortimer mouse yeah i'll take it sure all right there we go that one was right off the dome and it turned out it was correct i can't wait till you're correct (laughs) about something for once I can't wait till uh, Kingdom Hearts 4 happens and we don't learn any of this. Yeah, it's going to be good. I mean, I as I've said, I've got a whole list of theories. And because I wrote all of them after playing Kingdom Hearts 3, I don't know if any of them are correct. I don't know that Pluto is evil. But we do, though. But we do, though. Should we dive to the wiki? Yeah. Uh, you linked the Rebellion. Did you want to read about the Rebellion? Yeah, unless you've got something else. Uh, no, I, I haven't looked at this yet. Okay. Well... I'll start off 
you you kind of get um the mood of what we're going for i'll just read the like the 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 short description of the rebellion so the rebellion is a group of 10 nobodies exiled from the organization man okay. it, it tur- turns out there's been like so many extra people in the organization we keep learning about through this uh through this wiki it's called um, the organization 13 because there are 25 members <laughs> that's right you can tell well, there's 13 different groups of 13 people in, in it. <laughs> um, no except this is only 10 in this one um you can tell the difference between the rebellion and the organization because of the marks under their eyes the marks are called marks of shame they're given to any nobody exiled from the organization the marks are written in their own blood because nobody blood can't wear off <laughs> That makes sense. I see that this is originally from Kingdom Hearts Foul Remembrance. Yeah, I think there's more to look at in Foul Remembrance as well. Um, what is the... I'm looking at the Mark of Shame. Does it explain what it looks like? It's under the eye. Yeah. It curves under and forms a point at the cheekbone. It's always black, except when the nobodies are in EX mode, which is when they turn the color of whatever the nobodies represent. That's right. So, like, Demixes would turn blue for water, I guess. Yes. Is foul remembrance... Is this the person who came up with amelioratory benevolence? Because that feels like the opposite of foul remembrance. Uh, I don't know. This is by Kiari-chan. Woohoo! 845 edit. Why do I care? (laughs) Good. Um, No, they just say that they made Kingdom Hearts foul remembrance. Okay. Um, Could you read a little bit from Betrayal and Death for the Rebellion? Betrayal and Death. Okay. I think especially I like the stuff with Eopix, but if you see stuff in Amorix and Rixa that you like, go for it. Uh, I'll just read Eopix. Should I should I open Eopix in a tab? Oh, nope, can't. There isn't an article. Okay. Nope. Uh, Eopix, liking Zazlamac, was... Per- <laughs> I mean, this is this is what Kingdom Hearts did. You yeah, know? it is. Who can, who can you blame? Eopex, liking Zazlamac, was perfectly fine until Cartina and Noctiri came into the picture. Now, those are not X names, so those are not rebellion members. I was going to say organization, but they're not. The two didn't want anyone to like their brother. Is this like, this is like from a fucking slapstick comedy now. (laughs) Yeah, it's not going to stay that way, but for sure. The two didn't want anyone to like their brother, and and Eopex, I was going to say Lopex, and Eopex didn't want them to interfere. One note, one <laughs> note, when the two were taking a walk, Eopex took one of her snipers and was about, what? Yep. Wait. I, okay, so I need to get my head around this. Eopex likes the brother of Cartina and Noctiri. Car- Cartina and Noctiri are not happy about that, but they're not doing anything. No. Eopex is like, I think that my crush's siblings are going to get in the way, so I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them. It's a nobody, not a, and, uh, with the mark of shame. Eopex took one of her snipers and was about to shoot them. When they said in unison, come out, Eopex, she jumped down from the boulder she was on, keeping the gun pointed towards them. What could Eopex be? There's three vowels in that name and one consonant. Pole. But that's an I. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or like, Iope. Iope, yeah. Iope. Uh, She jumped down from the boulder she was on, keeping the gun pointed towards them. All the two did was laugh. And then, using their telekinesis powers, grabbed the gun. (laughs) Noctiri appeared behind Iopex. Presumably, uh, it's not written here, but probably said, nothing personnel, kid. Put her in a headlock and pointed the gun to her head. 
with two words, goodbye. She shot her in the head. That was the Knight Rider's last stand. Oh, that's the end of the story. <laughs> that's the end of the story. So Eopex had a crush on someone. <laughs> her crush's siblings were Actually, like, we don't stay away from our brother. She tried to kill them and they said, fuck you. And they blew her brains out. Yeah, it's a great story. It's a good video game that kids can play. Also, please visualize in case you weren't shooting someone with a sniper rifle while you have them in a headlock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is like one arm reaching as far away as you can, holding the sniper rifle basically in two fingers. I mean, these kids are both Master Chief, apparently. <laughs> I guess they have telekinesis, so maybe they pointed the gun and oh, fired yeah. it with telekinesis. Yeah. Uh, lastly, I do like the powers that we have for the different I was attributes. Gonna say. Yeah. A lot of them are pretty normal, but a couple of them are a little different. Uh-huh. Yeah. You want to read those? Sure. We got, uh, Zid with plants. Uh-huh. Zazlamac with darkness. Okay, fine. Zarina with sound. Sure. Zaxer with summons. <laughs> the, okay. the attribute of summons. Uh, Zayed with fire. Amorex with wind. Eopex with animals. And sniper rifles, I guess. But not summoning them. No, just an- just animals. They're always around. Maybe um, maybe in her original life, she was like like a big game hunter. That's why she has sniper rifles and power over animals. Maybe. Uh, Rixa has rocks slash gems. Um, Terexala ter- <laughs> ter- has glass, which is maybe the least useful one we've ever heard of. Well, you say that, you know, I was thinking that, like, oh, is it great to have power over something famously fragile? But then I imagined a tornado of glass shards swirling at me, and I said, actually, I don't know that I want that. It's not good, I guess. Maybe maybe glass actually can be very scary in the hands of a rebellion nobody. True. I guess the last one is the worst one, which is Nexon, who got paint. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just Kid Bowser from Super Mario Sunshine. Ugh. I'm trying to figure out if I could get any sort of through line with these names. Because, like, Nexon could be, like, nine. Yeah. But these aren't numbers. I mean, Xid is either id or die. Yeah. I think this kid maybe didn't understand how nobody names worked. <laughs> you think a kid wrote this? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe a kid. I, I hope that. a kid, actually. Well, now I do want to read about the section for betrayal and death under Amorex and Rixa in case it's as funny. Rixa being very interested with life and death in existence and fading accidentally recreated Organization 13. How this happened is unknown. (laughs) With only 10 people. Oh, shit. Xemnas saw the threat from the group and made Rixa kill the members. Mm -hmm. Xemnas, what authorities is Xemnas? Was this in the? I don't know. Whatever. Rixa refused and tried to walk away, but Xemnas told him if he didn't, he'd kill him. So after that, Rixa went back to the hideout to start the ex- the executions. Actually, the only one he was able to kill was Amorex, because Zazlamak killed him before he did any more harm. And that's the whole story of um, the rebellion. <laughs> and then at some point after that, it was a weird, like, like, oh, I like this guy, but his siblings don't like me. I'm gonna kill them. <laughs> Yeah, oh, a lot of these characters actually do have articles. Let's see about Xid. Will we learn anything here? Oh, original name, Die. Oh, so the... Okay. Okay. Well, now... Okay, Zazlamak. Well, Zazlamak... What? Okay, that was weird. Zazlamak tried to redirect to Zexirion, but then re-redirected to Zazlamak. 
Uh, Malakas is the original name. He controls the full throttle nobodies. Hmm. Okay, I'm trying to look up. I want to see what EOPEX was. EPO. That, oh, that one does have an article. It's not linked here. Yeah, it's, oh, on the uh, Foul Remembrance page, there's an article, there's a link. Okay. Uh, Xerina is Arene. Okay, fine. Zaxer is Erez. Amarex is Marae. Fine. Okay. So these are not names. No, no, no. Terexala Ter- is Rioletta <laughs> and is some fucking anime girl. I'm not going down the road of trying to figure out what this is from. Yeah, After it, the that Kyrie one was from a fucking uh, incest anime, it turned out. Yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad road to go down. It's a dark road. Nothing good can come of this. No, <laughs> um, she see, she is very relaxed and a bit off her rocker, but that is what makes Terexala herself. Oh wow! When she sees something that is cute in any way, she freaks out, often going on a rant about it. To top it all off, she has a British accent. It's a bit. It's a Brit. It's Brit-ish, you know. It is like Brit. <laughs> a lot of characters. Well, that's all good. Yeah. Thank you, as always, Kingdom Hearts fan and wiki. Thank you, Kingdom Hearts fan and wiki. This is Wish Us Duck. Uh, yep. This is a part where we sound like Donald Duck. We sound exactly like Donald Duck. We're sounding like Donald Duck right now. Um, should we say, may your heart be your guiding key? Yeah. yeah. That feels appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, not bad. This will be my first... This will be my first time doing this today, so we'll see how this goes. That was not bad. Yeah, I think that's maybe the best I've ever done. I think it might actually be. I am interested in the fact that you said this will be my first time doing this today, because I feel like you could say that before every time you've ever done it on this podcast. No, usually I don't do it at all until the day of the podcast, and I do it once an hour before. Oh, okay. <laughs> but apparently that practice was holding you back. Yeah, apparently I need to do less practice. That's going to make me better. <laughs> the the pressure is what is what makes it work. That's right. Well, that's it for this week, then. Uh, all the usual stuff. We're on co-host at Sounds About Light. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. You can listen to my other podcast, Dr. Huh, where Jordan and I are watching Doctor Who in a random order, and our next episode will be on Tooth and Claw. I have it on good authority that we will be dealing with Queen Victoria and Hmm. werewolves. Nice. Uh, You can find me on co-host at Achilles Heelys, and also now on uh, Blue Sky, I guess, if you want to go over there. I don't know. It seems like Twitter, but without Nazis, so that is better, I guess. Um, Well, for now. For now, yeah, for some time, um, yeah, that's that's all I got. Uh, um, you can find uh, all of our episodes on noisepace.xyz, where you can listen to other podcasts. You can listen to LMNOP about elementary. You can listen to Diet Coke and Lilith's House of Snacks about snacks and houses. You can listen to the Island Shuffle about Lost in a Random Order, and then Jordan and I ripped them off for the for Doctor Hunt. <laughs> yeah, you can listen to uh, check out this guy. That that's a fun show. I've listened to a couple episodes of that. I actually did. St- I actually listened to a little bit of the most recent Diet Coke and Lilith House of Snacks. I talking about the Panera lemonade that kills you, which is pretty funny. Um, ah! so that's good. Uh, do you know about the lemonade that kills you? Oh, I know about it. <laughs> okay, good. <coughs> oh no, it's killing me. <laughs> it's got. It's getting it right now. Uh, yeah. Oh God, the lemonade's behind me, isn't it? <laughs> 
Now that's um the grimace drink or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, that one is behind me. So yeah. we should probably wrap up. Well, uh, we are tragically between Xehanorts. We have oh. yet to meet Rutger Hauer Xehanort, and we have seen the last of Leonard Nimoy Xehanort. But I think I think we're we're keeping with Leonard for now. Yeah, yeah. And well, if unless I choose to edit out that coughing, everyone will know that my throat's not doing so good. So we'll see if I regret this when I say <laughs> Gay Blade. Gay Blade. <laughs> see, you did it earlier, and that meant yep. that you didn't do it as good this time. Yeah, my throat has to be You have to charge it up for a week. That's right. Th- <laughs> I can do one sentence a week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. For now, you, that keyblade, and this box need to stay out of sight. Just watch with your own eyes, and my eye, of course, as things unfold between the others. Then, when the time is right, go off and do your thing. What's in it? It's a secret. And, well, you see, (laughs) the thing is, you can never, ever open it. Great, now I really want to know. (laughs) All right, I'll indulge you. But this secret stays between the two of us, and you have to promise never to open the box. I promise. But why? You'll see.